0: So that you're spying for a paycheck. And then once you're gone, you write a book about how you regret it. And express the different ways that you could have spent it.
1: That last bit was so fucking great about these. Yes, of course, the inevitable autobiography we will get from Anthony Albanese reflecting on this difficult period and regrets yeah. he should have gone. You know, Obama's always talking about his fucking regrets and things yeah. he should have done in office. And Temble
0: it's like. on his climate stance. Oh my
1: yeah. God. Trying to, trying it's, to get on board the voice campaign after his government fucking rejected it initially in 2017. Yeah. These fucking cunts. And I just, yes. I guess I'm just, yes, interested in, did you sincerely believe, I mean, I guess from my point of view, other people listen to this podcast, the Greens generally we didn't hold out great hopes for Anthony Albanese being some leftist warrior, but I appreciate there are lots of people on the progressive side of politics who probably do feel that way. And, and yeah. I guess I'm interested. is like, did you genuinely, are you surprised at how badly the Albanese government, how right wing um, the Albanese government is when it comes to this particular issue in, in Palestine?
0: I guess, I guess I'm not surprised um, given the lack of, you know, any action on Palestine in the last 75 years, you know, <laughs> towards from, and also there's like, I guess the real, the real enemy to me of the song is not actually Albo; it's apathy and it's group apathy. And I think, I guess there was like this small idealistic part of me that thought, wouldn't God, wouldn't it just be fucking refreshing to have someone who I can now see, you know, there are videos and documents of Albanese and his youth at Palestine marches. Mm. Talking about, and I grew up in a single parent, low income household as well. So when I saw his speech, I remember feeling quite emotional at his acceptance speech. Mm. I didn't necessarily think he was going to, you know, magically shift things to a completely leftist space overnight, but I do remember thinking, God, it's just so fucking refreshing to feel a human emotion and to see someone who's leading the country now feeling a human emotion and really, really wanting to fix housing for young single parents and children and give everybody an equal opportunity. And, you know, he's, he made his stance, you know, that I'm, I'm not perfect but I'm human. Really, I feel like that was his real election campaign was I, I'm, I'm not going to fix everything magically but I am a human being and I believe in these rights for people and I think we need more ac- equity um so I guess there is a small part of me that's like dude that's how you got in like mm. the way you got young people particularly overwhelmingly voted labor in this time around it wasn't like this you know hairline fracture of a win it was like a landslide win and more greens than ever more independents than ever and I just you know I just get to the end of it and I go at the end of the day parliament is made up of mostly property developers and property owners <laughs> who just they love parading as socialist. And then when they actually get in, there's something, maybe, I, maybe I'm, maybe i I think it's money, but, you know, I could be wrong, that gets in the way of actually pushing those, those personal beliefs forward. And I know that he's not supposed to act on his own personal beliefs. If every leader acted on their own personal whims, then we'd have some fucked chaos. But, I mean, I do think to things like, I think about Hawke, a lot. I don't know a lot about his parliament. I'm sure there were mistakes at the time, but I feel like the problem I have is that all I have of those past leaders is looking back and what I've heard from other people and how fondly everyone's remembered so fondly after they're gone. And, you know, Hawke with Tinaman Square and just a lot of the time seemed to speak from his own personal stance and make things happen based on what he wanted to do, regardless of whether his entire party agreed with it all the time. I think the same about Whitlam, you know, that guy.
1: Whitlam's better than Hawke's, but yes. Yeah, Yeah,
0: of course. Yeah, no, (laughs) my God. Oh, my God, yes. Sorry, that's not what I'm trying to say. I mean, like, but just somebody was once in power for only, what, three to five years, (laughs) am I right, with Whitlam? And brought in free education, free healthcare, like just so many policies. And I just can't remember the last time in my lifetime that a single Prime Minister actually just had this like rapid list of stuff mm. that they did. I feel like there's constantly like, oh well, we couldn't get the full majority on this, or we couldn't do it this way because if we do it this way, then it's just going to get out this. Can't way. afford and it's it. just, we
1: Can't afford this, even though we're giving tax cuts it. to rich people, can't and risk buying it. massive uh, submarines, but we can't possibly afford to raise people. And by I'm the just, line.
0: No. I just, it would just be so refreshing to hear someone say, you know what, I fucked up, or I made a mistake, and I'm going to rectify it with AB and C, but it's so rare now you don't every everyone has a fall guy everybody and even the top spot has a fall guy and yeah the lyric um empathy only seems useful before you're in the top job Mm. which is like you get elected on a promise of caring about the people you want to govern and then you get there and suddenly it's acceptable for you to not then to not then do that um and I guess you know my dad's always said this to me, which is you know bold. Andrew, no, I'm kidding. Um, he's always said, <laughs> "Oh shit, love is that it daddy." Yeah, I know. What? No, no, I'm kidding.
1: This is, this is, this is a serious danger has